What up with you on a Friday? Football Friday back in effect. QP Sports Exchange on the air. It's your host Vince. We coming at you with some fresh news on the football season. We're going to talk about a little bit about our picks that we did last week and hit you with some winners this week. You know what we do. Alabama will be featured heavily on this podcast. Roll Tide all day. They get that, right? National champs. And we're going to have some news and notes about the coaching carousel and all of that. Um, On some personal news, taking you behind the scenes here at Casa de Carter. Um, You know, family struggles are real. Um, Mental illness is real. We have a family member going through it right now. Um, I said it in a previous pod. If you are dealing with mental illness, um, you're struggling with depression, anxiety, or what have you, you need to talk to somebody. You need to let them know what's going on so you can get the proper help. Um, If it's somebody that you already have a therapist, you know, just start digging. Um, You know, unfortunately, the person that we're dealing with is, you know, not ready to kind of see what's going on with them. So we're just praying and, um, you know, just trying to hold on and support and love. So that's where we are as a family. Um, as a QP nation, I want to thank you guys. We're in 15 different countries. I mean, that's amazing to me. You know, I mean, the United Emeritus, uh, United Arab Emeritus, Brazil, Canada is starting to really pick it up. India, y'all just, y'all kill it on a regular. I just love y'all. United Kingdom, Ireland, France, uh, Pakistan, Albania. I mean, it's just been real crazy. Australia, New Zealand has gotten a mix. So, you know, again, this community is inclusive. You know, it's uh, it's a community. I want everybody to feel that way. So thank you again for all your support. Um, really, I want to start getting interactive on Twitter and on uh, Instagram. So hit me up at Question Point Pod Network on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and also hit me up on QPP Network on Twitter. And go to the website. Forgot about that. The website. QuestionPointPodNetwork.com That's where you're going to have all the archive pods. That's where you're going to have blogs. I got a couple up there right now. Um, some on the hardened stuff. Um, we also have poll questions up there. So get up there. Get interactive with your QP Nation. Get yourself involved. And, you know, let's grow this community Because you know what? I do this for you. This is like therapy for me. I get to be a creative. And, you know, it's a joy to do it for you guys. So without further ado, let's get to the pod. Football Friday, we're back. 
and let's give the champs their due. Alabama 52, Ohio State 24. It was not good and it was ugly pretty much the whole game. So props to the national champions. Roll Tide, Crimson Tide, y'all national champions, and you know how we feel about that. Shout out to them boys down in Tuscaloosa. Um, they did their thing. We had them winning. We did not know it was going to be like this. We did say that if Saban's defense gave up 35, he would kill the Aflac Duck. He did not have to worry about that. Congrats to the Crimson Tide. Now, here's the thing that really caught my eye in that game. All right. Devontae Smith, senior wide receiver from Alabama. He was targeted 15 times. He had 12 receptions for 215 yards and three TDs. And that was all in the first half. Now, you want to hear the best part about this. Because this is what blew my mind. And this is why I have the uh, blog on saving up on questionpointpodnetwork.com. He wasn't even the best wide receiver on his team uh, preseason. That was Jalen Waddle. This dude was the second guy. This dude who killed it all year. Heisman Trophy winner. Best wide receiver in college football. Uh, college football player of the year. All these accolades that he got. Preseason, he was the second dude. Alright, I don't care what anybody says, Saban has a machine down there. It's called Alabama football. You know what I'm saying? That dude just recruits. What do you have what do you have right now? We're not even in the um in the uh late recruiting phase, right? He's got like a number what two recruiting class right now? This guy is sick. And it's going to be good as long as he wants it to be good. He has the support of the president of the university. He has that town and pretty much the state in the palm of his hand. And you know what? Rightfully so. That dude wins a lot. He puts dudes in the league a lot. There's going to be like at least seven dudes that go day one, day two. Seven dudes. And you know what? Next year, they're going to be still good. You know why? Because that's what Bama does. That is exactly what Bama does. Okay? Props to Devontae Smith for having that excellent game. The one thing I would say to Ohio State, memo to defensive coordinator for Ohio State, if Devontae Smith goes into motion, maybe you send guys to that side. Why are you trying to man up with Devontae Smith? Why was that even mentioned in the game plan, Ohio State? You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's not, oh, we just got out-athleted. No. No, 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 no. You got out-schemed. 
or you actually were lazy on scheming. Devontae Smith in the red zone goes in motion and nobody reacts. I got that dude. I got him one-on-one. Don't worry. No, you don't. You don't have that guy one-on-one. That dude should have been with a safety over, over the top at all times. There shouldn't have been no uh, one-on-one, zero coverages or anything like that when Devontae Smith was on the field. And next year, it'll be more of the same. Bama will be ranked in the top three, if not number one. Clemson real, real close, you know, behind. And Ohio State there too. And we'll be sitting here talking about how unfair the polls are. That's exactly what we'll be doing. But at the end of the day, Alabama is what we know them to be. They are a juggernaut. You know, LSU, Bayou Bengals, you had your day in the sun. And now Saban's upset. And he's got a personal vendetta against any SEC team that thinks to rival Alabama. Don't you do it. Don't you do it, SEC. Just messing with y'all. Y'all got some great programs down there. But, man, Saban, when Saban gets pissed, that dude gets, he goes scorched earth on a regular. You know? What do, we, what do you mean we're not winning the national championship this year? That's terrible. I'm going to have a terrible offseason. All right. More Bama news. Quarterback Mac Jones looks like TB12 circa 1999. I don't know if you peeped out this cat's uh, Instagram or Twitter or wherever it was. Go Go check that out. There's a shirtless, uh, I'll just say he looks, he looks, uh, he doesn't look swelt, <laughs> you know? There's not a lot of definition into Mac Jones' physique. But you know what? It doesn't matter. Because that guy wings the football down the field, and he has um, anticipation, so... That kid is going to make it in the league. I don't know about this first-round draft pick deal. <clears throat> and Bama fan, don't get on me. I'm not saying that he's not a good quarterback. I'm not saying that he is not going to make it in the league and not be really successful. All I'm saying is that I don't know about the buzz about him being number one. All There will be somehow, some way, four or five quarterbacks drafted. In the first round. Somebody will talk themselves into it. I get it. But, you know, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for Mac Jones to go in the second round. You know, if you're that team that, you know, you're not real sure on your quarterback. You know, you want to give it another year. and But you need you got pressing needs in the first round that you got to handle. You know, Mac Jones... Somewhere in between 8 and 16 in the second round wouldn't be a bad deal. You know, pick him up. You know he's smart. You know that saving puts him in complex situations. You know he doesn't let him, you know, it's not easy when they practice as far as the defense. Just, hey, we got to take it easy on Mac today. Now, you know, Crimson Tide uh, practice is pretty much full bore. 
you know, it's a pretty much a, a junior NFL team just getting ready, getting reps in, you know. But my man did look like TV 12 circa 1999 before the uh, the TV 12 uh, movement protocol, you know. So go check that photo out when you get a chance. The other news that I want to hear is uh, Zach Wilson, BYU's quarterback, is getting loved by everybody. They love this kid. Okay, I thought that Justin Fields had to have a great game um, in the semifinal to secure his number two status as QB number two coming out. And I'm not saying that is still not going to happen. I really believe that Justin Fields has secured that spot. But there's a lot of people going like, it's cool. It's cool if we don't get Lawrence or um, Fields. We'll settle. We'll We'll settle for Zachy. Zach Wilson is getting a ton of love. And a guy that I respect and a guy that I think really knows football. And he's not scared to have a really, you know, just off-the-wall take is uh, ESPN's David Pollock uh, on College Game Day. Pollock loves the poise and the uh, he, he feels that he has all the tools. Okay, so when a guy who looks at tape as much as David Pollock tells me that, hey, Zach Wilson is the real deal, I'm going to have to buy that. I'm going to have to buy it. So if you're that third team looking for a quarterback, you know, if you're not Jacksonville or the Jets and you're looking for that quarterback, oh, do not worry yourself. You got three, four more to pick from, and you can do it between pick, uh, you know, 13 to probably somewhere in the range of like 44, okay? I mean, you're going to have, what, Zach Wilson. You're going to have Trey Lance. You're going to have Kyle Trask. You're going to have Mac Jones. So you're going to have four other quarterbacks to deal with in the draft. Man, I'm going to tell you, man, there's going to be some some heated running backs. There's going to be some heated wide. I'm telling you, there's going to be a there's going to be a second round guy that goes in, a, in, in the next draft. And he's going to be pissed. And I'm going to probably pick that kid up on my fantasy team. I don't know what team he's going to be on unless he ends up on on Kirk Cousins' team. Sorry, Minnesota. I told you. Go back to the archives. Listen to NFC North Preview. I told you, Minnesota, about Kirk Cousins. But anyways, I get back to it. But there's going to be some guy in the second round that gets pushed down because these quarterbacks – and there's going to be a run on, like, edge rushers or something. And there's going to be a wide receiver and a running back. And then they're just going to be pissed. And they're going to put up super numbers for a team that either A, didn't know what they had. Or B, they're like, okay, we have an aging, you know, wide receiver. Let's bring the kid in and see what he can do. And he's just going to create magic because he's just upset that he's a second rounder. 
and he had first-round talent. Happens every year in the draft. It will be the same in the 2021 draft as well. Our next item is Irvin Meyer is now the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, Jacksonville, hit me up on Twitter, QPP Network, on Instagram, Question Point Pod Network, on Facebook, Question Point Pod Network. Hit me up, Jacksonville. Let me know, Duval County, what you're thinking about your new head coach and the direction your football team is going in. There's no doubt that Urban Meyer cannot build a winner. He's done it everywhere he's gone. Okay? I don't know about the commitment level. Want want to see what that's all about. Okay? And I don't know when you take super, super successful college coach and you say, we're going to take him and put him in the NFL. Because usually that guy runs a program that's like, okay, you got to do it. You know, this is Urban Meyer way. Now, everywhere he's went, there have been um, issues of lack of discipline uh, with some of the teams. Not enough where the talent didn't overcome. But see, here in the NFL, it's different because you got to have attention to detail. You can't be going out wilding all the time. You know what I'm saying? You can't go out and... You know, put your franchise in a in a deficit position. You know, you can't get caught doing something where, you know, your franchise has to answer for you. Or your teammates have to answer for you. Because that's just taking focus away from the game plan. And as we know in the NFL, there's not a ton of difference between somebody who's 6-10 and 10 and somebody who is 11 and 5. You know, a lot of games come down to one, basically one score, you know, a couple plays here and there, and, you know, the better prepared team wins. You know, there are some times where talent is just, you can see it. There's the eyeball test. There's numbers that back it up. And we're looking at one of the all-time greats. I understand all that. But usually with a lot of football games, you know, regular season, what you see is it's a one store it's a one score game and who makes the biggest play or who makes the biggest mistake loses. So that's how that goes. So we'll see what Urban Meyer does in Jacksonville. I wanna see I wanna hear from y'all. I wanna hear it. You think that you got the right coach? Because here's the thing. Were there better candidates out there? Okay? Um Robert Sala, who just went to the Jets. That guy is an up-and-coming guy, right? Then you got Eric Bieniemy. You going to tell me that guy can't coach offense? He's been with uh, Andy Reid and Pat- Patrick Mahomes for, you know, all these years. You don't think he has some so- sort of understanding of what offense can do and how to put the pieces together to make that work, especially when you have the number one overall pick, and you know that guy's going to be Trevor Lawrence. So Eric Bieniemy couldn't coach a, a great, talented quarterback. I don't know. Patrick Mahomes is one of those. So, you know, 
Jacksonville, you're hitching your wagon to Urban Meyer. Good luck with that. I hope that works out for you. I really do. You know, um, I love the the Mark Brunel Jaguar days. I love those days, man, when you were just this, this upstart beating Diver in a playoff game. That was great, Duval County. So don't think that I don't have love for you. I just think there are better candidates out there. I think there are better candidates that could hit the ground up and running where Irvin might take a year because he might not understand what he's getting himself into. He's dealing with grown men that got kids, that got brands outside of football. You know, they got, they're thinking about, some of these cats are thinking about life after football. Some of these cats are just gym rats and they, you know, all they care about is just X's and O's. You're going to have the young kids coming in. So it's a different mentality than taking a bunch of 18 to 22-year-old guys and saying, listen, you're trying to get to the league. I can get you to the league, but we need to win this Rose Bowl real quick. You know, we need to win this uh, Fiesta, this Tostitos Fiesta Bowl real quick. And if you do that, we'll get you to the league. So we'll see how it all works out, Jacksonville. Hit me up. On Question Point Pod Network, on Facebook and Instagram, on QPP Network, on Twitter. So, there is that. Now, there is one other note that I want to get to before we get to the winners. The ex-Texans head coach, Bill O'Brien, is now the new offensive coordinator for Nick Saban's Alabama Crimson Tide. All right. You know your boy Vince is super creative, so I got something for you. So what I want to do is I want you to think about those, like, commercials when you're watching, like, some guilty pleasure TV show or uh, I know a lot of people stream now, so you probably don't even watch commercials. But back in the day, maybe for my older audience, they might understand where I'm coming from. Okay, so you're watching a show. It's late night. It might be something that you're proud of. It might be something that you're not proud of. I'm not talking about porn, guys. So lay off. Stop yourself now. What I'm talking about is just one of those movies that you kind of go like, I really like this movie, but I don't really want anybody to know that I like this movie. And then, you know, there's the commercial, right? You're watching it on regular TV. It's one of those movies that you just stop whatever you're doing and it triggers something in your head. It brings you back to a simple time, whatever the case may be. And then the commercial comes on. And there's an ocean view and there's a tennis court. And then there's like a sunset. And then there's a guy. He's looking out over the sunset, right? And then a guy comes on and says, do you have substance abuse problems? Are you addicted to meth? Here at Visions in Malibu, we have one-on-one counseling that will help you get over your issues. And that's exactly how I look at saving. So saving to me, is the rehab factory for head coaches that have gone awry. So 
I can see it now. So since Saban's, so since Saban's doing uh, Aflac commercials now, right? Of course he's got to capitalize on his brand. You know what I'm saying? I know Saban's all about his brand, right? He doesn't care about X's and O's. And if you jump off sides or anything like that, he doesn't care about like, yo, did we get that four star from like Detroit? That's not his deal. Nah. Saban's into his brand. He's into to pulling out all the marketing dollars that he can at this present time. So Saban comes out with a commercial that goes like this. Have you been fired from your head coaching gig? Were you touted as the next me? Were you foolishly in the SEC coaching against me? Were you thinking that your recruiting acumen was better than we all knew it was? Was your coaching decisions always questioned at your uh, last coaching gig? Were you questioned as you were leaving? Were you the right candidate? We're here in Saban's Oasis. We rehab old coaches, coaches who have been fired, and we make them look absolutely competent yet again so they can get that five-year, $8 million contract from that next university here at Saving Oasis, we talk to you about press conferences and not having any sort of personality whatsoever. We also talk to you about wearing visors. We also talk to you about maybe not go so crazy on social media. Here at Saving Oasis, you your wayward fired head coach can rehab in our beautiful facility where you will not be questioned and everything that you touch will turn to gold because here at Saving Oasis, we care for you and we're going to get all the credit anyway. I am not only the president I'm actually a client. Remember, I used to coach Michigan State. And then you have the beautiful music behind you. The waves are crashing. The sun is going down. And you see Nick Saban's rings glistening off the sunset. Yeah, that's exactly what goes down. Saban has his own oasis. And Bill O'Brien is now part of that rehab community. Congratulations, Bill O'Brien. You got the best safety net on the face of God's green earth. Do not mess that up. Savings Oasis. You got to love it.
You know what time it is. It's time for winners. It's time to get after it. You know, we only got four games this week. Last week was awesome for your boy. 5-1-1 against the spread. You know what I'm saying? We, uh... We were uh seven and one. We were seven and one, just straight up picks, and we were five one and one against the spread. We loved it. It was great. So here's the deal. Alright, Cleveland fans, we owe you an apology. Y'all went in there and took care of y'all business. Dog pounds. Rejoice the land. Rejoice. Browns Nation, rejoice. Your gift, your reward for doing that is going to play Kansas City, and we'll get into that momentarily. So this week's games, we're going to do it the, exactly the same way we did it last week. We're going to go basically first game to last. So first Saturday game to the last Sunday game. So obviously if you are a Browns fan, you are not going to be hurt. Right it off the bat, right? So that's how it's going to go. The other thing that I changed up this week is that I didn't pick my thing. Usually I write this all out and then I give it to you. So this week what I wanted to do was kind of talk it through a little bit on the air, vamp, all that sort of thing. And we'll get to the winner and we'll get to the spread and we'll see how it all goes. So first game up. Packers are favored by six and a half over the Rams. We're going to Green Bay. The Rams are going to Lambeau Field. The high tomorrow is 35 with snow showers. Great. Fantastic. We love it. I know you think, oh, Los Angeles sucks, right? You got to go to Green Bay. Snow. Hell, we're a running team. We run the football. We want to be physical. Oh, you want to muddy up the track? Cool. Great. That's what we want. We want to run the football. And we want our defense to play well. Thank you. So, this, to us, to the Rams, this is brilliant. This is fantastic. All right? So, not looking at a big situation with uh, climate being an issue. Also, fans, really not an issue. It's not going to be 70,000 strong at Lambeau. So that's a good thing. So I was looking at this spread and I was going about right, right? Because Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback. He is definitely more talented than Jared Goff. You know my problems with Jared. Seahawks fans, how you feel about my prediction now? How do you feel about my prediction now, Seahawks fans? 12th man. I told you. Goff plays, you lose. Goff doesn't play, you win. You're welcome. So, getting back to this game. I understand that Aaron Rodgers is a bad, bad man. Stephen A. Smith says so, and I co-sign that situation. But the Rams' defense is is real. That's a real defense. That's not one of these defenses that, oh, we're cute. 
and we run a lot of exotic stuff and you know when you are just focusing in on this one squad you'll be able to find the weakness and pick us apart nope nope they don't run a lot of exotic stuff it's a four-man front that gets the quarterback those dudes on the back end are usually in a cover two shell and then it works out of whatever the offense presents them. That's what they run. And it's Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers, uh, Sebastian Joseph Day. Uh, what's the other kid? The, who's the other kid I'm thinking of? Um, God, I can't remember. It's a white kid. Um, oh, Gaines. It's all these guys. Okay? It's all these cats. And they get to the quarterback. And they stop the run. It's not out of the realm that the Rams go in there and play Aaron Rodgers very close. So the six and a half, I'm I'm balking on the six and a half altogether. Okay? So definitely, yeah, give me the points. I'm with that. Okay? Now, if this game is going to be in snow and what have you, this is where I feel we're good. Because, see, Jared Goff can do one thing. He can hand the ball off, and then if he doesn't hand it off, he can bootleg and hit Higby for a five-yard five yard out, which he'll turn it up and get 13 yards. And if he could do that 60% of the time on 20 throws and we run the football like we are supposed to, the Rams can win this football game. Packers, I do not doubt you at all. I think you're a good team. But I'm definitely going to roll with the Rams because I'm a Ram fan. Okay? I respect your squad. If you win, you know where to find me. Question Point Pod Network, Facebook, IG, QPP Network on Twitter. Come get me. Come get me if you guys win. You're not covering, though. Not going to happen. Aaron Donald's going to play. So that's not going to go down. So six and a half seems a little much. This is basically predicated on if golf uh, turns the ball over. And I don't know if McVay is going to put him in the position to turn the ball over. Um, I think they're going to be real, real close to the vest a little bit. I think that, you know, if they get a chance to take their shot, they will. But I think 20 times, you know, I don't think he's going to be dropping back like 35, 40 times. So less chance for calamity with that. Because then I would see, you know, because that secondary in Green Bay is awesome. I like those guys a lot. We don't think the Packers are going to cover. Now, here's the over-under. It's 45.5. Ooh. That's a tantalizing number. Because you're thinking to yourself that, oh, Green Bay is good for like 30, right? And then you're like, well, the Rams can luck up and get like, you know, 17. I honestly think this is going to be a little bit closer. And I think that um, we're looking at a score of... Like 24-21. Maybe something weird happens and it's like 
23. I don't think the over is also a given. I think defense, both these teams play good defense. Um, Aaron Rodgers is special. If he gets it cooking, the Rams are done. The Rams got to get to that guy with four four guys. That's what it comes down to. And you can't allow Aaron Rodgers to uh, orchestrate plays from the pocket. So get pressure, try to win. That's pretty much what it comes down to. I believe that the Rams can get to him. I, get, I think they can make him uncomfortable. And he hasn't done a lot of being uncomfortable this year. And I want to see what that looks like. And I want to see what it looks like when he's finally under pressure and he's looking at LaFleur. And does he go full Aaron Rodgers mode and say, screw it, I'm going to run my own play. And we'll see. Because he does have good, talented running backs that he can lean on. So if he does play the game plan that LaFleur sets for him, it might be a long day for the Rams. I just think that they're going to annoy him enough that he says, I'm going to go full Aaron Rodgers. I'm the best quarterback on the face of the planet. And I'm going to try to win this game. We'll see how it all goes on Saturday. The Buffalo Bills host the Ravens. The Bills are favored by two and a half over the Ravens. And the over-under is 49.5. First of all, Bills Mafia, you are in the divisional round. Congratulations. So excited for Bills Mafia. Be more. Your boy called you too. He called y'all. Yeah. I was not sweating when y'all was down by 10 to Tennessee. I was not sweating that deal situation at all. Your boy was extremely confident in the abilities of one Lamar Jackson. All right. So I'm picking these off the dome today. So usually I have all this written out. So I'm really thinking about this right now. Bills are favored by two and a half. The problem with that is, is that we, if you know Vegas, usually the home team gets three. So they're already... Um, what they're already hedging their bet on that, so in two and a half. So they really believe in Baltimore and what Baltimore can do to Josh Allen and also keep that team out of rhythm because they can run the football and put 15, you know, 14, 15 play drives together. So that's what they're kind of banking on Vegas-wise. So let's look at this a little bit, okay, as I take a sip of coffee because, you know, I got to stay caffeinated. For this football Friday. So we can keep it super hype. Ah, That's good. Alright. Buffalo is good. Okay. Uh, Josh Allen. It wasn't. It wasn't smoking mirrors. It's real. This kid, kid is a good quarterback. Um, I still wonder if. Buffalo has the. The foot speed on the perimeter to hold Lamar Jackson down. This is not an indictment on you, Buffalo. I believe that your team has definitely turned the corner. And this is going to be a really good Buffalo run for a while. So, Bills Mafia, I salute you. And I want, and I did not get last week, but I... Vince Carter 
is looking for IG posts to me at question point pod network about how you getting down for this playoff game. Who's going through a table? Who is going to drink beer going through a table? Who is going to eat a whole plate of chicken wings going through a table? Bills Mafia, I know how y'all get down. I know y'all keep it real, real up in Buffalo, up in upstate New York. Somebody send me an IG post from Bills Mafia and how y'all getting down for the divisional round, okay? Now for the pick. All right. I'm going to go ahead and say that I think that Baltimore squeaks this out. I'm sorry, Bills. I think it's going to be real close. I think it's going to come down to red zone conversions for TDs and not field goals. And I think they just got more. Unless Josh Allen runs and says, oh, I can do all the things that Lamar can do, but my arm is super real. If he does that, Buffalo has a real shot at winning. I think this is going to be super close. I think it's going to be one of those games like this. I'm going to go ahead and put the final one. Oh, okay. 26-24. So I'm taking the over on that as well. 26-24. I think it's like a last second field goal wins it. I like Tucker from um, Baltimore. So there's that game. All right. We're going through these picks pretty well. I'm excited about this. Now we get to the Sunday games and we get to one of the games that I'm really excited about. So first and foremost, let's talk about my boy, Patrick Mahomes. That's my dude. You know how much I like that kid. We think he's awesome here at QP Sports Exchange, right? But he's taking on another team that's near and dear to my heart. The old cardiac kids are back. Well, technically. But the brown and burnt orange is back, baby. They did their thing in Pittsburgh. They took Pittsburgh out. Baker played well. That defense played well in the first quarter. And then they kind of, I don't know if they stuck it in cruise control or it was some of the injury hits uh, or the COVID situation. They just seemed to like, uh, I don't know, we're up. So cool, we'll kind of outscore them from here, I guess. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But Cleveland won that game. I was excited for them. I'm excited for you, Cleveland. I really am. So shouts out to Cleveland. But Kansas City, yo. Chiefs Kingdom, I'm feeling you. I know y'all hyped. I know y'all ready. You like, yeah, man. We trying to get back to this net, this other Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? One was not enough. Two is better. You know, you want to celebrate. I feel you. Here's the one thing. Kansas City's defense scares me a lot. You know, are they going to be sluggish? Are they going to be engaged early? There's no fans in the stands or very little, so the energy, the buzz won't be there. Can they create their own buzz? Listen, quarantine life, pandemic life is real. And 
you have to create your own juice in these games. So, that's the thing. They're extremely talented. They should win this game. They're favored by 10. The over-under is 57. Go over. Go over, 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 over. Go so over on this game. 57 points is not enough. It's not. It is so not. Now, back to the game. Kansas City is favored by 10. I'm I'm wondering. I, I believe in the mojo of Cleveland. I don't think they can win. And see, Cleveland, I know you what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Yo, you said this last week, Vince. You said this last week. You, Cleveland, are now my new Tennessee Titan fan. Tennessee Titans, I didn't hear a lot from you this week either. I told you that y'all wasn't going to advance. You didn't. I didn't think you could run it back exactly the way you did. You got real, real far with it. But I didn't think you were championship pedigree ready. But now, Cleveland, you are my new Tennessee Titan. I just don't know right now if you have enough. I think your future is super bright, though. I think that I think the world of you, I think Baker Mayfield has turned the corner. I really like your backs. I really like your defense. I love your coach. I think you have finally have a grown-up. It's great. Note to Jerry Jones in Dallas. It's okay to have a coach who uh, won't listen to everything you say. That's my PSA for Dallas, Texas. So Cleveland is super good. I think they on the come up. I just don't think they can get it done. But I think we're going to have a hell of an entertaining game, though. I really do. I think this game is going to be a lot of fireworks. Um, I think Mahomes gets it going like midway through the second quarter. He wakes up, everything, like, whoa, we in a game. All right, got to go. I just don't know if they're going to beat him by 10. So my score on this game is I'm going to say something like this. I'm going to say 37-28. Like just on the border, right? Just on the border. Just not covering. So it could turn out to be a bad beat for people or whatever. I just see offense from both teams. Baker is going to surprise some people. He's going to get himself going, oh, okay, all right, yeah, we're ready for this dude now, all right? Um, But it's going to be too much Mahomes, too much uh, Tariq Hill, too much of Kelsey. This is too much. So that's my pick for that game. Now, we get to the last game. Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Saints. New Orleans, how you feeling? Are you down there doing voodoo right now on TV 12? Are you, is there some kind of like 
Caribbean uh, voodoo queen doing something to uh, Bruce Arians' headgear that he wears. What's up in New Orleans? All right. So we have the Saints favored by three. Haha, ha, Vegas, we see you. And the over-under is 51 and a half. You know, there's, there's a lot with this, man. This is like what everybody wanted, and they're getting it, and I think they're getting it about five years too late, right? You know, if this game happened like five years ago, and it was Brady Breeze, and they're like, you know, in it to win it, they at their peak of their mental and their physical deal and all that, man, this would have been super great. I don't think the game will be as good as what people think it's going to be. I think the defenses are going to rule the day. I think whoever runs the football more effectively, which should say the Saints, right? Because of Kamara. Um, I think whoever is more physical on the offensive defensive side of the ball is going to win. Um, here's the thing. The Saints... I should pick you. I should. Every fiber in my being says that I should pick New Orleans. That Saints get it done. Right? You won the last two games against them. So the, the Brady-Breeze matchups have gone uh favor of Breeze. You know, you're at home in the Dome. I should be kind of wary of that as well but you know what that place has been a house of horrors for you as well crazy stuff has happened to you there I wonder about you guys I really do I think Brady is going to win I don't think you can beat him three times in a row and I also think that I'm sorry you got your title it's just not going to happen again Something always goes wrong. Something always happens to New Orleans. And I don't know why. You know, I understand the bad calls. I get it. Bad call. Fluky play. Put Kirk Cousins on the map again. You like that? All that nonsense. But something always happens to the Saints. And I always wonder about that. And then I look at Tom Brady... And I look at this guy, and I'm fully convinced now, like, with every fiber of my being, that he takes the the first five to six games of the year, and it's like preseason for him. You know, he's just evaluating who he has, who he is going to allow in the foxhole with him, who who he believes on a third and six, who's the guy, who he's going to get the ball to. And I think there's a point system. And then by the, you know, by week 12, 13, you start to figure out who his guys are. Like Godwin is his guy. I know Evans gets a lot of uh, red zone stuff, but Godwin is his guy. He likes Miller. And you know he's going to use the tight end. It doesn't matter whether it's Brake, Gronk. It doesn't matter who they have, but he has his guys. And I think 
that's the one thing. I don't know if Breeze and Thomas have their, you know, have their connection. I don't know about all the other wide receivers they got on their team. I don't know if it's cohesive with the Saints. And that's that's the problem. That's where I think Bucks win this game. Um, I believe the score is going to be something like I'm gonna say it's going to be something fluky like 23-20, something like that. It'll be low low scoring um for these teams. I don't think they'll be able in a shootout. I just don't think the defenses of both these teams will allow that. But I trust Brady more than I trust Breeze. And it's all gut. I could be completely wrong. And Saints fans, just like I told Cleveland fans, you can get at me at any point. QPP Network on Twitter. Question Point Pod Network on Instagram and Facebook. I will be more than welcome to take your calls, to take your tweets, to take your IG posts if I'm wrong. But ask Titan fan if I was wrong. No, you can't ask them because they didn't, they didn't, they didn't get a vine and come into that jungle. Shout out to Jim Rome and the jungle because I love you guys. I grew up on you guys, so shout out to Jim Rome. Out. Okay, I usually don't do this. I usually try to do this in a separate pod. Uh, we're going to have a little basketball talk right now. Unfortunately, um, the James Harden thing just won't go away. There's stuff that comes up, and we need to kind of get it out. And the first and foremost thing is I think Houston's waking up, or Houston Rockets fans are waking up to the reality that this team is probably lottery-bound for the next couple years. I think the writing is absolutely on the wall. The reason why I say this is because I have sources and I have listened to many of people who have said that if Houston wanted Ben Simmons, they could have had him and they got real cute and also ultimately Fertitta did not want to deal with Daryl Morey. So we will take the lesser package as far as assets to the team other than these eight picks or if you want to call it that or three in reality picks and like all these swaps. All right. So first and foremost, Houston fan, how do you feel right now? Your boy Deshaun Watson is flourishing on the ground. In a 49ers jersey. And now. Harden just quit on your squad. They had to get him out of town. And they took like. Literally. Some magic beans. And like a deed. To a bridge. Like in Arizona. That doesn't exist. I don't even understand what happened. 
this was clearly a financial move. Um, and don't let anybody tell you anything different. This was an absolute financial move. Because here's the thing. You got Oladipo, and he's covering off the books at the end of the year. There's no question. Or you're going to trade him. You're going to flip him for younger talent or more picks to get back some of the picks that you lost in the Chris Paul to the Westwood trade. So keep that in mind. Okay, Houston, it's going to be a long couple years for you. Um, start embracing that now. It looks like it's going to be a long kind of sports situation for you. I mean, George Springer is probably leaving the Astros. Deshaun, his, uh, Deshaun Watson is in a 49ers jersey talking about what up. And Harden just said, I'm going to get fat, eat cheeseburgers, go to strip clubs, and uh, wait for my trade. To the preferred def- destination, mind you. Mind you, James Harden, who told the media that I did everything I could, and it's just not a workable situation anymore. Dude, it's not a workable situation because you just don't play defense, and you're fat. Okay, listen, here's the thing. I'm not trying to go super hard on James Harden, but here's my one problem with this whole deal. Okay, you get Chris Paul, right? You get Chris Paul. You start to come into your own. You become a perennial all-star. You're the man in Houston. You get Chris Paul. You make tremendous runs in the playoffs. And all good, the argument is, is that if Chris Paul doesn't get hurt, they win that Golden State series and what have you. And I don't doubt that whatsoever. I think you guys were destined to win that year. Chris Paul gets hurt. It changes the whole dynamic. Everything's out the window. Okay, I get it. All right, so you running back. Doesn't work. Okay, so now, instead of saying, hey, maybe we should put some pieces around us and maybe we get a backup point guard you know, to help Chris during the year so he doesn't have these nagging injuries because the dude is a killer, right? No. He goes to Fertitta, asks for a trade, say, listen, he's getting hurt at the end of the year. We're not going to win if this guy's hurt all the time and I got to carry the franchise. All right. Fertitta um, orchestrates the trade. You get Westbrook, and now you got your reuniting backcourt in Oklahoma City. All right. So they got Russ, triple-double guy, Harden, best ISO guy, one of the best ISO guys in the game, right? Kevin Durant is probably the best ISO guy in the game, right? KD is the best ISO guy in the game. He going to give people the business. He's seven foot. When he releases the ball, he's nine six. It's stupid. But James Harden is the second best ISO guy on God's green earth. I'm not taking anything away from his talent. So when people of Houston and people of Brooklyn or basketball fans or hoop heads around there, you want to get at me, go right ahead. Hit me up. QPP Network on Twitter. Question Point Pod Network on Instagram and Facebook. 
Give it all to me. I do not care. Here's my thing. You get the trade that you want, and you get then they even go more accommodating and say, listen, we're going to free up the lane completely. Everybody's going to be 6'7". It's just going to be running around and a lot of ISO, a lot of pick and roll with you, James, and you get in your bag and do your thing, and Russ kind of stands to the side, and he'll get his when you're not in the game, and whatever. Okay, flawed plan, didn't work. One year, we scrap it, and now Harden and his $40 million wants out. Okay, here's the thing. You helped build the team, dude. It wasn't, it wasn't that the GM said, oh, we got to do a philosophy change because James, um, we don't like Harden doing what he does. No, they built it around you. They built, they literally, you literally had the team built around you to your specifications. So when it doesn't work, James, it has to come back on you. All right. First and foremost. All right. So now. We talked about the Houston side. Let's talk about the Brooklyn side and let's talk about the Philadelphia side because it's really interesting on how all this worked out. Okay, so Kyrie is off the reservation. We don't know what's going on with him. He's taking some personal days. I understand that situation. Listen, there's a lot going on in this world and I don't care how much money you have on this planet. I ain't going to never say to anybody like, listen. Suck it up and get after it and just be done with it. No. If that man needs some personal time because he's really that affected, I'm all cool with that. Here's my one problem. Tell your boss. Tell your boss like, hey, I need some personal days. Not feeling it right now. My creativity is being stifled by what's going on in this country or whatever your dilemma is. I'm having family issues. Whatever. Okay? Just tell your boss. That's all I care about, Kyrie. Just tell your boss. So, there's that. So, here's the thing. Kevin Durant looks like Kevin Durant. He looks super sick. He looks like the guy that was in the NBA Finals killing people. So you got that. Now you add Harden, who's not in shape right now. And let's be honest, he's not. And I understand that he wanted out. I just think that he could have went about it a different way. I think the way he went about it was wrong. It really reminded me of the whole Vince Carter thing. And, you know, my name is Vince Carter. And it was a problem being Vince Carter and you would answer a phone or you would call somebody up and you would say Vince Carter and they go oh you're Vince Carter like Vince Sandy I'm like no I'm not but I'm just as awesome so I just didn't like Harden's act on how he got out but now let's look at it from the Brooklyn perspective you traded away Jared Allen who had just took the center position from DeAndre Jordan. 
DeAndre Jordan is not the defensive stalwart that he was when he was with the Clippers. He's nowhere near that guy. He doesn't have the bounce. He doesn't have the foot speed. He doesn't have the elevation that he once did. All right, so Jared Allen is now in Cleveland. Torian Prince, which looks like just a throw-in to the deal, is also in Cleveland, but hey, could you use another 3 and D right now? Brooklyn, Dinwiddie's hurt. Oh, and Karis LeVert is now in Indiana. And we'll get to that also. But, here's the deal. They are all in with the big three, and we all know that, right? We all When the trade happened, they went in with the big three. Here's my thing. <clears throat> Was there any way that you could have kept uh, Jared Allen and Torian Prince? Was there another way of doing this? Was there, like, I know TLC is getting it in Brooklyn. I know he he getting some burn. I think I would have rather had Torian Prince. Um, obviously, I wouldn't have given up Joe Harris. I'm trying to figure out who I would have given up. Anyway, I don't know if you could have swung some guys from other teams to facilitate that situation. You know, like, hey, let's uh, let's see if we can get, you know, Indiana to throw in somebody else to make this easier for Cleveland. You know, because Cleveland was just kind of standing there on the outside. We'll get to Cleveland right now. They were just kind of standing on the outside, just kind of chilling on the corner, doing their thing, you know, hanging with their mans. And they said, hey, hey, would you like a, a, a rim protecting young big who hasn't peaked yet and all you have to give up is like a first round pick that's going to amount to nothing because it's Milwaukee's pick? Absolutely. We'll do that deal 10, 10 times out of 10. All right. So Cleveland does that. So now let's look at Brooklyn. They got, they don't, they have very little depth. Okay. So the starting lineup, as we reported when we did the emergency pod a couple days ago. So check that out. Go on to the archives and get that. All right. But their starting lineup is Kyrie, which is MIA, James Harden, out of shape. Joe Harris, who is going to get a bunch of open looks. That dude might shoot 50% from three this year. Then you have Kevin Durant. And then you have DeAndre Jordan. Here's the thing. Kevin Durant looks excellent right now. He looks so good. But he is coming off an Achilles injury, right? And now he has to be like a defensive you know, at least he has to be reasonably good. And for them to get to where they really ultimately wants to go, which is the finals, he's going to have to be amazing on defense. And you're asking a guy coming off Achilles surgery to put out a lot of effort on both ends of the court. But he's willing to do it because he's KD. Right? He's so pure, his game is so sick, so pure, that he will do it. I just hope that we get to see peak KD for three more years or four more years than, like, 
broken down KD because the Nets ran him into the ground this year. Because this cat is playing a ton of minutes already. Now, maybe it'll help that Harden's there because Harden can get 30 as well. We all know what the offense is going to look like. It's going to be so crazy. I just don't know if they can stop anybody. I have no idea. You know what I'm saying? I have no clue if Harden is interested in defense. I don't know if Kyrie is interested in basketball right now. Um, I know KD looks like KD, and he looks awesome. I know Joe Harris is going to shoot, but can he guard anybody? And DeAndre Jordan was benched for Jared Allen before the trade went down. Hmm. And then you got Jeff Green, right? You got Jeff Green. Um, TLC, you got him. You got Tyler Johnson, Reggie Perry. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what it looks like. We'll see how it all plays out. But Brooklyn, they're definitely banking on that big three. So, um, somebody talk to your man's Kyrie and say, Hey, bro, hey, man, go, go to Saban's Oasis and rehab. Maybe he has something to help you reach your zen. Maybe Saban has a different type of sage that Kyrie can use. <laughs> I'm not I'm not making fun of Kyrie in the sense of what he does and, and how he does it and what gets him prepared. My whole thing is, yo, communicate with your with your boss. Communicate with your coach. Don't make it a a clown show. You know, you and KD partnered up. Don't be a fool and have KD holding the bag. Because I really want to see that team like at optimum, optimum, you know, efficiency and see what it really looks like. Because I think it, I mean, offensively, it looks like the scariest team I've ever seen. So, there's that. Now for the Philadelphia part. Okay. So Ben Simmons was in the trade. Now how does that work down the road for Philadelphia? Now, what Ben's camp is saying is he's ecstatic that he's still in Philadelphia. He wants to be there. He wants to win in Philly. So, he's relieved, and he feels blessed by being a 76er. So, that's great. So, if he has that thought process, then it all works out. It was never, you know, it was never a big deal. If for some reason he has some kind of lingering resentment, because here's the thing. Bradley Bill is still on the market, and we won't get into the whole deal. But I just want to throw that out there to people that Bradley Bill is still out there. So just like the ghost of Harden hung over us, now we have the ghost of Bradley Bill. But I actually think this deal helped Philadelphia more than it helped any other team. 
because Ben Simmons is still in the fold. I really like the guard Tyrese Maxey. I really like, um, you know, their pieces they got. Seth and looks like Tobias is playing hard. Shake Milton is my dude. If you listen to B-Ball Mondays, Shake Milton is my guy. He's my sixth man of the year. We predicted this early. Go to the archive pods because that's how you get down with us. QP Nation is growing. 15 Nation strong. So get get after, unlock, tap into those archive pods. All right. So Philadelphia helped themselves by doing absolutely nothing. Not trading Simmons. Good call for them. Houston got super cute. And then they got petty and decided not to deal with Daryl Morey and the Philadelphia 76ers. That leads me to Indiana and Karis LeVert. That's another team that's just chilling, kind of minding their own business. And somebody says, hey, man, um, I'm moving out of this house. You know, like I broke up with my girl and, you know, it has too many memories for me. And I know the price on it is, you know, like a million six. But you know what? I did all this work to it and... I really don't care about the money. So literally we gutted the, you know, the front room and we put bay windows in and, you know, the heating system is like four months old. So you're good there. We just put a new roof on, but, you know, that was for her and, you know, she was into energy conservation and all that. But I don't have the heart to keep this house, so I'll sell it to you for 500 grand. That's literally what happened to Indiana. They got themselves into a four-team trade where they traded the expiring contract of Victor Oladipo and got Karis LeVert out of the deal. Really? I mean, I understand that Fertitta is trying to save money, allegedly. But Karis LeVert, you couldn't you couldn't keep that piece for yourself. It was bad enough that you traded away Jared Allen. It was because that's how it all went down. Because all the people went to Houston and then Houston dispersed them out. So Jared Allen and Torian Prince went from Houston to Cleveland. It wasn't the other way around. It was Brooklyn, Harden, bunch of dudes. Cleveland gets Jared Allen. Cleveland gets Torian Prince. They give a, they get a first round draft pick, Whoopi from Milwaukee, which is like next year, and Milwaukee should be good next year. And then they sent Karis LeVert for Victor Oladipo. So, first of all, Karis LeVert. I mean, could he have wound up into a better situation? No. Because he's not going to have to come off the bench anymore. He's just going to slide right into the Victor Oladipo deal. Okay? That's just a fact. And then Victor Oladipo is going to go to Houston, try to get right there physically, and, you know, get gain some confidence in his game. And is he going to stay? I mean, is he there 
at the end of February, right before the trade day deadline? I have no idea. I have no idea if Victor Oladipo is going to be there. And if he's not, at least they got something for him. Because here's the thing. At the end of the year, he walks. And they're not going to re-sign Victor Oladipo because he doesn't fit their timeline. These are crazy times in the NBA. These are the things that I had to kind of talk about. Please go to the website. There's a poll about who got the better of that deal. Questionpointpodnetwork.com. Um, and we are done today. Fantastic. Listen, again, to the listeners, I'm so appreciative to you guys. Keep up on the social media. Keep up on the IG page and the Facebook and the Twitter. So Question Point Pod Network is for the Facebook and the Instagram. And Twitter is QPP Network. Keep up on that. Engage with me. I look forward to hearing from you guys. Go to the website. Be interactive there. There's a place for um, polls and blogs. Read those. They're great. And again, 15 different countries. We're doing it super big. QP Nation is taking over the world. Y'all know it. Top 10 podcasts for for uh, free agency in 2020. That's how we're doing it. QP Nation, super strong. QP Sports Exchange, keeping it real lit. And with that, I'm going to get out of here. You guys have a great day. All right? Be good to one another. Be good to yourself. And if you have somebody who's struggling with mental illness and personality disorders and things of that nature, you know, get them some help, talk to them, tell them that they're not alone, love them, you know, make sure they're not going through it alone. And for those who are suffering alone, seek help, reach out, reach out to somebody because these situations that you're going through, I understand they feel super dire, but I'm telling you, there is a there's a ray of sunshine in your future. Just hold on and reach out to somebody. All right. With that being said, if you have it within your means, be good to a neighbor. We struggling out here, even though it's 2021. We still going through the same things out here. So I hope this pod brings you some positivity. I hope this pod brings you some laughter. And I hope this pod brings you something to think about because here on QP Sports Exchange we ask the question we ask the questions that manifest answers all right you guys be good i'll talk to y'all later and i'm about to bounce peace <laughs>